0: Welcome to the Kona Edge, where you'll discover what the best triathletes in the world do to give them the edge. welcome on to yet another edition of the Kona Edge. Happy Wednesday, it's hump day and it's not often that I get to chat to fellow South Africans here on the podcast and I'm uh, super excited to share our next guest story and uh, yeah, she's got a pretty incredible one uh, and got to experience something quite different uh, post Kona 2016 at Ironman 70.3 here in South Africa and the full Ironman in Port Elizabeth uh, in April. We'll uh, dig into that a little bit uh, deeper on today's episode but it's a huge pleasure to be able to Welcome uh, Desi Dickinson onto the podcast, and we'll get to that interview in just a moment. Just a massive thank you once again to everyone who has been uh, digging in and uh, supporting the Cone Edge and helping us out Uh, here if you'd like to become a patron of the show it's pretty simple to do we've got some cool giveaways uh, coming up chatting to a few brands and uh, yeah those uh, are going to go to the patrons so if you'd like to support the Kona Edge and support what we're doing all you have to do is head over to thekonaedge.com forward slash support it all adds up and it all helps uh, and yeah if you are a patron already thank you very much double thumbs up to you Uh, it is hugely hugely appreciated This is The Coach's Corner, and it's time to chat some coaching. If you need some help uh, to get faster or if you want to get stronger, we've got access to a network of triathlon coaches around the globe that are more than willing to help you out. All you have to do is head over to theconeredge.com forward slash coaching. If you own a coaching business or if you're a coach yourself and you'd like to get a bit of airtime here on the podcast, all you have to do is head over to that same URL, scroll down to the bottom, all the details are there. It's thekonaedge.com forward slash coaching. Well, it's a great pleasure and welcome on to welcome onto the Kona Edge someone who I've been following her triathlon career for for quite a while, and it's uh, great to eventually have her on. And she's uh, a fellow South African. We don't get to chat to too many of them here on the Kona Edge, but uh, Daisy Dickinson, welcome onto the Kona Edge. Thanks for joining us.
1: Think, yeah thanks for having me Brad I didn't
0: know I had a stalker <laughs> <laughs> well Desi I, I mean the, the the triathlon community in South Africa is it's not massive yeah. but it's growing I mean the sport is definitely Absolutely. on the up here and and you tend to notice the the, the, the good athletes and, and you're one of them I mean you're one of the athletes that time and time again just put in great performances your, your sporting backgrounds where, where did you sort of come up from what what's your what's your sporting pedigree
1: yeah, well, you know, I've always been sporty. I think that's that's kind of a story that everyone has. But I, I was very into uh, the ball sports. So I played hockey. I played softball. Um, I played softball for South Africa. Um, and I was so into it from, from probably like the age of 13 to 30. And really into my ball sports, um, action cricket, hockey, softball. I'm not much into the endurance stuff at all. And um Yeah. And and then I, I, when I was, I think I was 32 and I decided to uh, give up the ball sports and in my thirties, dabbled a bit with, I did August, I did 94.7. I did a couple of sprints. Um, Yeah. So to be honest with you, when I look back, I think I spent a lot of my thirties just being mediocre, you know, playing around with this, playing around with that. And that's the amazing thing about this, this, this journey that I'm on now, just a new level completely.
0: It's quite interesting coming from a team sport. I mean, you talk about ball sports, but yeah. like softball and, and that sort of thing, they're team sports. Whereas, even though yeah. you might be training in a in a squad, triathlon and particularly Ironman triathlons, uh, quite a solitary quite a solitary thing. Particularly yeah. when it comes to racing, yeah. it's all about you.
1: Yeah, I mean, but but I do love that I because your your result and your destiny is in your own hands. You know, you learn a lot from team sports, and I love those days. I made so many friends, but I, I do love. Um, being in control of my own training, being in control of my own results. I think I, I, I thrive on that actually. But it is funny. I mean, when I, when I made the Gauteng team, right away in the beginning, I made the um, Olympic distance Gauteng team. And I remember going to East London and I was in my Gauteng suit, but I want to high five every person in a, in a, in a Gauteng suit, <laughs> you know, because I come from that background and, and it just wasn't like that at all, you know, anyway.
0: It's very competitive. Uh, I mean, was it was it that competitive in 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 the sort of softball softball space? Although it's in a team team environment, it it might be slightly different. Even though everyone does sort of like each other in the triathlon scene, there is a a massive competitive uh, sort of nature within the sport.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I must say, for for me, and and particularly being an age grouper, like I'm very competitive, um, but I also I also don't take it too seriously in, the in you know, just in the sense that I think we are just age groupers. We are people out there. Um, like I'm in my 40s, my late 40s. I'm not dead. I'm not a professional. I'm there to have fun as well. And I really, like, I enjoy spe- seeing other people in my age group and speaking to them and uh, greeting them on the course. And uh, for me, that's that's what the vibe is about, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: and but yet when I race, I'm I'm you know I'm like a <laughs> like a bull terrier. You know what I mean? <laughs> where does that
0: where does that competitive spirit come from? Because that's one thing I've picked up with with chatting to as many age yeah. groups as I have is there is yeah. this sort of inbred competitive streak that they, they might yeah. be pretty placid and and docile when they're not racing, but gee when they when yeah. they they put on that wetsuit and swim cap, something happens <laughs> inside.
1: Yeah, I think we're a particular breed. We're a particular breed. Um, I don't know. I, I think we thrive on the pain. We thrive on the, the challenge. I don't know what it is. I think you have to be a particular kind of person because there are, I mean, let's face it, there are thousands of people just competing for enjoyment. And I, you know, I, I admire that as well. But there, there, there is a particular segment of us that are. Particularly wired, I think.
0: <laughs> Slightly OCD, I think. Uh, yeah. Let, let's, let's talk about life outside of triathlon. You mentioned in your, in your yeah. 40s, you, you've obviously got a life outside yes. of the sport. What, what do you do for a living? Oh. What's, what's life like when, you, when you're not training and racing? Mm.
1: Well, it's quite an interesting story because, I've, you know, my life has been in sales, um, generally speaking. And uh, when, so when I first um, made or got the Kona slot, it, it literally changed my life. And I um, then left my corporate job at the time, and I went uh, joined Virgin Active as a personal trainer. So I really changed my life. I mean, I did that for a year, um, but there's a lot of challenges in that environment, and I'm back in corporate now. So, so I work for Teljoy, um, I'm the di- direct sales manager, customer experience manager. So I think I think my vibe is people, hey? I love people, I love interacting. Relationships, Yeah, you know, that kind
0: of thing. How do you get the balance right between – I mean, it, it doesn't – qualifying and racing mm. on the big island doesn't come easy. You've got to put in the, the mm-hmm. hours and the hard work. How do you get that balance right between mm. work and, and, and sort of having a, a personal life and, and training?
1: Mm. Sure. I mean, it is tough. Hey? It's I think – listen, I think it's about being OCD and striving for those green blocks in training peaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean – at the same time, and, and I do coach a few athletes, and, and my, one of my big the things that I, 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 what's the word ascribe to is, is balance. So I'm all about balance. And I always tell my athletes, as much as uh, we want to be at the best and, and improve ourselves, life also happens. And I do, I mean, that's, I'm not so hard on myself in that aspect. Um, but I, I'm one of those people that will make the time. I will find time. I'll get up early. Um, I'll find a spot during the day. You know what I mean? I, I do tend to go to stick to what I have to do. And I think it's just, it's it's discipline. and And, and wanting the end result a lot. Mm. <laughs> You've got to want that thing a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean the drive is is I think one thing that also does sort of help to to get and and qualify for a race like Kona is that mm. you have to have that ambition. It's it's when when you're mm. tired and and you have a late night and you know you have to be up at 4 or 4:30 the next morning for a for a run mm. or for a ride. If you if you don't have that carrot dangling in front of you, mm. chances are you're going to mm. lie in and and that's you you've got to have that sort of ambition. Yeah. I think I think that's a huge yeah. part of it too.
1: Yeah, and that's where, um, you know, the people you train with come into it because for me, the, the, the way that I know I'll get up in the morning is I have to arrange to meet somebody, and that's one of the things I do. Then I know I'll be up.
0: Because yeah.
1: um, if I an arrangement, I'll stick to it.
0: One of the <laughs> things – no, sorry. This, sorry, I was what- just going
1: to say that, that, that thing of time. Hey, time is one of the most precious commodities, and I think it's one of the real things that can differentiate age groupers. Cause we all, it's that precious thing that we have in different quantities, if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, and I do admire people who've got the time to, to, to train and rest and eat and get the massage and you know, all that type of thing, which goes to, to great
0: performance. But but in saying that, the flip mm-hmm. side of that coin, that's not always the ideal either. I mean, I've got friends who, who coach a lot of of professional athletes, and sometimes yeah. the, they reckon it's best for that professional athlete to go and get like a part time job, so that they they're not just racing and training, because they they then tend yeah. to over analyze things and and almost get paralysis yeah. by analysis, which is also uh, the the sort of complete opposite to to not having any time. Uh, yeah,
1: no, fair point. Yes.
0: There's one thing, the, the, the sort of transition from, from team sports into triathlon, did, did it come pretty yeah. easy, easily for you? I mean, you mentioned pottering around with, with cycle races like the, the Argus yeah. and, and the 94.7, and, and for people who are listening to this outside of South Africa, I mean, those are the two largest time cycling events in the world, and there's literally thousands yeah. and thousands of people that do them. But did you, did you find the, the transition pretty easy, I mean, from, from a team sport where it's like short bursts to, to the endurance side yeah. of things?
1: No, I think I did, but I, when when my my um, performance really picked up and my my ability to race and train really picked up was when I did join a group. So I do think I, even though the the performance itself is individual, being part of a group it, it's so invaluable. To s- surround yourself with like minded people is one of the most powerful things. Making getting to be your best.
0: Mm, making the decision to go on and, and doing the long stuff. I mean, there's, there's lots of opportunities yeah. to do sprints and Olympics, but uh, making the yeah. step up to like 70.3s and full Ironman distance, that's a, that's a, that takes yeah. a lot of commitment and a big decision. Tell, tell me about the thinking of, of what pushed you to to the long stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I didn't realize I'd be this good at it. So in my very first uh, triathlon, it was one of my colleagues. We, he, we started running together at lunchtime. And we were only running five ks at that point, and then we were doing a bit of gym together and he said to me, "Let's do seventy point three east London um in twenty thirteen and we we got a program off the internet and we trained together um and yeah and and, and it was so weird for me because I was quite, i think I came ninth in my age group that time, and I have to just say that I knew all the I knew all the people in my age group I'd studied them, I knew what tasks they did, and i i I never saw myself there, you know what i mean i 've had these people on pedestals, and I can remember a very distinct time or period. It was over a period that I started to ask myself this question, and it was why not me and If these people have jobs and they they flesh and blood and what are they doing that gets into to that level then why can 't I do it and um yeah so so that question of why not me was very, was quite pivotal in in me getting to where I am now. And for me, it's about having a measure of talent, which I think I have, and then putting in the hard work. And I realized a combination of those two things would, would, would get me to, to where I am. And, and, and then the other thing I realized as well, with my swim being the weaker, um, of my three disciplines, it would suit me to go longer. And that's exactly what's happened because on the Olympic distance, because I come out of the water a bit later, I, I can never catch someone over a, a swim and a bike of a shorter distance. But I'm very competitive over 70.3 and and full out, man, because of that.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people get hung up on, on really trying to make the gains on the swim, and we'll chat about your swim in a bit more yep. detail in, yes. in another episode. Yes. But uh, I think you're spot on there, that it's uh, one of those things that if your swim is your weakness, you, you probably will lean more towards the, the sort of longer stuff. And then once, you, once that yeah. tenure dropped for you and you said to yourself, why not me? When did yeah. you actually realize because you you obviously have sporting ability I mean you you don't represent your yeah. country in another sport without it yeah. you you that once you've got it you've got it and you can translate that we see it so often where where something translates from one sport to another when did you realize you yeah. were you were actually good enough to to start competing for sort of like world championship slots
1: Yeah well you know there's a magical thing about getting a podium hey <laughs> I always say to people well, you've had that first taste but uh, so it started happening for me in the 5150s um and that's probably because kim dovey wasn't at the race but (laughs) i still (laughs) so um yeah i got one or two podiums and one or two first places and yeah and then i thought well you know this and and this this gift of of being able to compete in your age group which is unique to triathlon is such a fantastic thing it really is It, it it's given me this i mean who you know gets to compete and go onto a podium and be recognized and at the age of I mean I'm 49 this year Do you, you know it's 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 an incredible thing
0: yeah i don't know if i'm answering your question. No 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 absolutely <laughs> i i think i think it is incredible and that's i think one thing that i love about the sport too is 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 exactly that how, how excited are you to be turning turning 50 you you age group up and uh, it's sure. it, it all starts again doesn't it
1: it does so look I, I, the other thing for me is i've i've trained consistently when i say this and and for me it really is i think this is one of the key things it's I don't. I'm not. You know, a lot of people are out there and say they train for, training for a race, but for me, this has just become a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle that I love. I love getting up on the weekend, riding, coming back, eating like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chilling for the rest of the afternoon. Um, it's one. It, it's my favorite thing. So, it very much um, is a lifestyle for me
0: i am going I'm going to give you a compliment here because i I actually cannot believe that you're turning fifty like i i, I, I mean <laughs> no 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 i 'm serious like I I, I I didn't i mean i 've seen your results but i didn 't actually click what age group you were in and i seriously yeah. I thought you were around sort of like mine and like the forty to forty five yeah. early forties so I mean, yeah. yeah, kudos to you. I mean, and, and I think it's a, it's a good advert for the sport as well. Uh, it keeps you in, in unbelievable, Nick. Let, let's talk about yeah. something else that's not Kona related, but uh, it's a story that popped up, and I don't think many people outside of South Africa will know about it, and I want to share it because it's a, yeah. a very, very cool story. You had a pretty, pretty interesting experience at Ironman 70.3 this earlier this year. Uh, I, I yeah. saw it pop up on social media uh, uh, with a request, somebody looking for, for somebody to guide them, and, and you stuck your <laughs> hand up. Uh, t- tell us a little, little yeah. bit about that story.
1: Yeah. So I, when I got back from Kona this year, I really was, I mean, like depleted on a lot of levels financially, you know, energy, um, just tired and I and for, so, so Lucy and I chatted and it was what, what, what's next. And I saw this thing on Facebook and I thought this is just perfect. So, you know, people talk about giving back, but it was also great for me in the sense that I could take a break literally. And, I. I could help someone in the process. So participate without the pressure of competing. And I think I needed that for a period of time. And so anyway, I saw this thing with Helen. She has albinism. She's partially sighted um, and she needed a guide for 70.3 and Ironman. And to be honest, I wasn't quite sure what I was signing up for. Um, it was a very interesting journey and very rewarding. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you want to know. We had, a, we had a very interesting time. It was week in and week out on that horrible tandem. Um, <laughs> we, she'll know what I'm talking about. We, we gave her a nickname. Her name was Sissy. And, um, oh, horrible. Sissy the Tank. Horrible bug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell me about getting on to that because I, I saw one of the first yeah. posts on social media after I think it, it, it probably was your first ride on, on that tandem. Yeah, And and if anybody's yeah. ever ridden a tandem, they'll know what we're talking about. It, it takes a, a special kind of crazy oh. to be able to ride a tandem. Uh, and if you've never done yeah. it before, for a laugh, it's it's probably worthwhile, but it's not something you want to do yeah. long term. No. Yeah, well, well,
1: she called me her fighter pilot. <laughs> And um, she was always, are we going to make this corner? I'm like, of course we're going to make this corner. Um, <laughs> but it, we, the only time we ever fell is if, if we'd, you know, like if you'd clock out and, and one hand clicks left and one hand clicks right. I mean, those are only really uh, the times. But I, but, I mean, we. if I think about it, we just got on the thing almost from day one and we just we rode well together because, yeah. There were no problems with
0: that, and by the looks of it, yeah. you had a, had a good laugh while doing it. It just looked like it was a ton of fun, and you mentioned rewarding. <laughs> I mean, you you've been able to race in Kona, you've had some great performances. How high mm-hmm. would you would you rank your your seventy point three and Man finish this year in in helping Lucy get get her medals?
1: Um, I was Helen, by the
0: way. Oh, uh, Helen, yeah. sorry, my bad.
1: <laughs> no, um, sure. It's an interesting question because. So what was great about it was the red carpet, but, um, in terms of the whole race. So the tough parts for me was to go off at the back to come out of the swim almost last to, you know, when we were running out of, um, to go onto our run, I could hear, um, Paul Kato um, congratulating people on their Kona slots and yeah, so I, I think it was tough on that aspect. And then what I think people don't realize, it wasn't that easy for me. I mean, in the run, I had to ask Hillary if we could walk because I was so sore. My knees were hurting, my ankles. I, it's it's very, when you're used to running, and I say this, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a fantastic runner, but when you run slowly, it's a lot harder on the body. So when I talk about the whole experience, it was physically quite tough for me. And my partner, Kim, actually said to me after the race, She's never seen me that. I'm. I'm never that broken after an Ironman as I was this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's incredible that. I mean, I my Ironman experience in South Africa in 2016, I experienced. The same sort of thing where I went in with injury and I walked the entire run, and I knew I was mm-hmm. going to, and I thought, Oh, how hard can it be to walk a marathon Yes, I never ever want to do that again, <laughs> like that. I yeah. would rather gargle with razor blades than have to walk a yeah. marathon again it 's hard and, and, and people don 't realize how, how tough that is but but yeah, kudos mm-hmm. to you, I think a uh, wonderful, wonderful gesture and and yeah I, I mean yeah. I followed that journey, and I thought it was was amazing but let 's get onto to coda now yeah. and and the 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 racing on the Big Island and and what makes that that sort of special tell tell me a little bit about your experience in in Hawaii.
1: Mm. So you know, and the other day I was sitting at home and I and I just I long for that island. It's it's the funniest thing. It is it has such an incredible energy and I can It's hard to put into words, but I actually long to go back there. Um, I think, which is what, which is probably why we'll try and go back. Um, but Kona, when when you arrive, so it, it is this incredibly long plane trip. Um, you're halfway around the world, but when you arrive, you, you you immediately know you're somewhere special. And I think it's it's even just from the airport itself. The airport is like this open air thatch barb. <laughs> um, and so 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 there's two things: it's the race on the island, and then the island itself. And I had, like, I don't know if it's mystical or magical experiences. It's like swimming when suddenly you're in a school of dolphins. Um, the turtles that are just swimming anywhere where you go swimming. The, the, the Yeah, I can't explain the energy of that place. It, it, it's incredible. Um, and then the Kona vibe added to that. Now, Kona, let me tell you, you can feel very small on a big island <laughs> <laughs> when when you get there because – I mean, and, and I'm sure this people know this, it's, it is the best of the best. It's everyone there for the same reason. And when we talk about those personalities and, and how we are, you know, driven and, and focused, and that's the kind of person that's on this island in, in that time. Um, and people would have told you at any given time leading up to the race, there's just people running, swimming, and cycling all day long. But people with the most fantastic bodies, with the most amazing kits with the, most, the latest bikes and technology, um, all with that, that focused look. I mean, you see people running with that look when they look at their watches, you know. I even had that look. You're looking at your splits. So it's, it's, it's quite an intense vibe leading up to the race. But it's, but it's incredibly special.
0: And, and from incredibly a race, race perspective itself, you had a, a pretty decent day out. I'm sure you were pretty chuffed yeah. with, with the way things panned out on the day
1: yeah so i mean my first the first time i went i went with an entourage of friends and family there were 14 of us um we had an absolute ball i was there five only five days before the race and suddenly the race was there and suddenly it was over and um but but the second time i went i went with a specific goal in mind and that was really to have my very best race possible on the day so i trained for that and um i I wanted to get a top five finish and i i finished seventh Um, but I know I mean I had the the best race that I could put together on that day Mm. but it is incredibly tough the the course not so much but the the conditions are incredibly tough incredibly tough but yeah I I was very I mean I had my fastest swim ever my bike was slightly disappointing um, and I had a great run so I've I've got I don't have anything to complain about to be honest it's yeah
0: but there is unfinished business you you want to go back and get a podium in Kona don't you (sighs)
1: I do, I do. I want that bowl. I never cook, but I want
0: that salad bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me, the the, the the difference in approaches to the first and second one. You, you mentioned that mm. first one, the experience and, and having that entourage mm. and then going back and, and with, with a one-eyed focus of that's what you're going for. Mm. Do you uh, do you do you sort of advise people first time out to to have that approach or is it a case of you know what you're getting this opportunity you might never get here again give it give it your all yeah. what what do you do you sort of look back and think maybe you should have given that first one a, a proper tonk as well
1: Yeah no listen I uh, Brad, having said that I went there you know I, I will always race at my best and I, I i trained my best up to this I, I I wouldn't say that I I didn't give them both equally um Uh, my best effort. But I would say that I enjoyed the, the spirit around the race a little bit more in the first one. So, you know, in the second one, I was very conscious. I got there to train, eat and sleep, which is what I did. You know, I got there 10 days before um, I rested a lot indoors, you know, so, but maybe I should have been out more and enjoying that more. That's, I think that's the difference between the two, Mm. you know, and I, Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a, a strange one in the fact that I, I do very, a lot of what I do is by feel. So you won't find a power meter on my back. Um, yeah, I, I, I can go and run and I'll know exactly what pace I'm running at without looking at my watch. So I'm, I'm very much about feel and emotion and um, headspace. So I, just the difference between the two experiences is just, is purely one of, Of enjoying it more, I think, I don't know. And you know, to give, I saw people also who went and were so focused on this race, um, but got so stressed out by it that they blew in the race. So it's such a fine balance between going there prepared and mentally prepared and mentally focused, but appreciating the moment. And a lot of people talk about that. It's about being in that moment enjoying each moment uh, whether it's in the race or out of the race because mm. i think there's so much that can slip by without us even realizing it and for me I, I don't want to look back at anything and say sure that was great i want to know it in the moment do you know what i'm saying not in retrospect
0: yeah I love so, that. Uh, that,
1: that that's that's my advice if you do go to kona it's just appreciate that but appreciate everything you know Within the context of having a great race, I mean, we can't be stupid, but yeah, within the context of going there to race, it's just to lap up every moment and, and lap up every moment in the race because I promise you that day goes so quickly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Dizzy, as far as people getting into the sport of triathlon, I mean we've got quite a quite a range of, of people who listen to this podcast. There's obviously age groupers who, yeah. who have qualified and who are, are sort of pushing to it. But we've also got uh, a lot of novices and, and newbies just getting into to the sport and, and contemplating doing their first iron. Man, if you could go back and, yeah. and talk to yourself yeah. and give yourself advice when yeah. you were starting out in the sport of triathlon again, what would you tell yourself? Is there anything you would do differently? What have you what have you learnt over your, your triathlon career to this point?
1: Hmm. Sure, so that's an interesting question. I think, um, yeah, I mean, and I think I did this well, but to probably have gotten help sooner, but I don't know that I would have done that differently. I mean, that was a pivotal moment. So I would say to somebody, you, you have to get help and train with like-minded people. I think if you want to get better. And the second thing, and, and probably if I if I had to think about it now in the moment, this is the thing to tell myself is to um, be kinder to my body. Um, I will train through an injury, um, which is what I always do, but to give myself more uh, more rest, I think, because the key, the key and I'd say this to anyone, is consistency of training. You know, it's pointless doing all the sessions, but then having to be out for two weeks rather do, you know what I mean, three quarters of the sessions, but be able to string that together over a three week period, if you know what I'm saying. So I, I don't know. I think it's, it's. I don't know if I have any regrets Brad I'm, that's why I think I'm stuck
0: with this question no no no. I, I love yeah. that, that you said be kinder to your body because I think that's that's something yeah. a lot of triathletes do especially when they they first come into the sport because the vibe is amazing and it's easy mm-hmm. to get sucked into that 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 yeah. vibe of, of racing all the time and and we see it so often I'm sure you see it too that somebody comes into the sport all gung-ho and they they put in a couple of great performances and uh, a year yeah. or two later they're gone that you you never see them again yeah. and, and they've burnt themselves out and and that's a real danger yeah. within the sport as an athlete you've you 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 got to guard against. Yeah.
1: And one of, one of the things that's that's a new thing. It wasn't sort of around when I started. Um, is this thing about numbers and measuring and and while I, I do agree with it, I always tell people, you know, what's what's the point of of measuring these things to death if you can't put together three weeks of solid training? It's like getting the basics right. It's always, that's what I think it is, is. Is back to basics. And you know, I, I heard someone say re- recently that it's all a numbers game, but you know, if if you can't listen to your body and you can't say, you know, and it's like it's like driving somewhere with a Tom Tom and never concentrating on where you're going. You know, if you aren't able to go somewhere without that Tom Tom, and I think that's with all these measurements and power and all of that. If you if you don't know your body exceptionally well, um, and you don't know how to listen to your body in a race and when to go hard and when not to go hard without looking at numbers, I don't know. I think I think that's a weakness. So. Uh, yeah, I always tell my guys get the basics right, and then we can look at all those 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 fancy things. And I, know, I mean, I, I say this knowing that I do train by heart rate and I do look at power. But but yeah, I think I have. If you can't add in a huge dose of guts and a huge dose of being able to push through pain, you you know what I mean? The numbers mean nothing.
0: Uh, I agreed. No, 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 I agree one hundred percent. And it's so funny. Last week, uh, I chatted to 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 someone here on the podcast, Megan Phil. Now, if if people haven't heard that episode yet, go back and listen to it. And we delved mm. really deep into the mental strength. And you talk about yeah. guts. And uh, in yeah. South Africa, we've got a, a wonderful Afrikaans world called "fast bait And and that, I um, mean, yeah. if if it if it's translated directly, it's called to 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 bite. Hard, basically, I, just yeah, to, to hang yeah, on, yeah. and 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 you talk yeah. about the guts, and in order to to perform and 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 race and and win races and and podium and get to Kona, you've got to have a huge measure of of yeah. of, of that in you. Do you think that's one of your strengths? Is that you are able to just hang in there when when, when times are tough? Yeah.
1: yeah, I do have an ability to push through the pain, and I think I think the, I think there's a fourth discipline to triathlon, and I think it's the ability to race, because you know. Anyone—not anyone—but a lot of people can win a training session. You can win the track session, or you can win um, the long ride, or whatever. But but can you put it all together on race day? And I don't know. It, it's this. I mean, after a race, you'll hear so many people say, "I blew on the run," or "I went too hard on the bike," or uh, you know, it's it's the ability to put a great race together is for me the fourth discipline, and and I feel that I'm I'm quite disciplined in that, but I think I'm quite fortunate in that I can, I know how to put a great race together, from swim to a good bike to a great run. That's how I like to see it. Well, I like to finish off with a great run.
0: Well, let the yeah. cat out the bag. How do you how do you do that?
1: <laughs> Look, I, it's so weird because I, I never thought of myself as a good runner, but it's, it's you know, for me, at, at Kona I came out of the water, I think 39th in my age group, and then I was 18th off the bike and then 7th off the run. So, I... I feel good when I run off the bike. I can't explain it. I think it must be something uh, genetically. But I, I do really enjoy running off the bike. And I think I have an ability to know how hard to push on the bike. And that, as I say, without having a power meter, I just – I know how hard to go where I'm having a good bike, but I know I know how to put a great run together. Yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> yeah, it comes with experience, I, and 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 I get I get, yeah. the, I get the, the the sort of feeling that you battle to put it into words, but it, it for me it's yeah. experience, and, and not like that I'm a great racer, but I think a good example, mm. and I don't think I've ever spoken about it on on the podcast here in 2012 at Ironman South Africa, uh, uh, you are probably aware of it, but the the weather was absolutely horrific. We had scale force winds, it rained, it was mm. just it was terrible, and I was in pretty good nick, and oh. and I was going for for a PB, and and got on the bike, and we were literally there's YouTube videos. I'll try and find a clip and put it. In the yeah. In the show notes, where guys were sitting on on their bikes into the headwind and they were grinding like they were climbing mountains and it was a, a dead no. dead flat piece of road it 's the craziest thing you 've ever seen. And and I just got on the bike and I realized all bets were off. Today was not going to be a PR day, and and just really backed off on the bike and I was like, you know what, I'm here to enjoy. It. Let's just have fun. And I got off the bike and and I had a couple of of different emotions going through my mind. One was was oh. like I was angry because I'd put in all this work and now all of a sudden the the elements have haven't played ball, but. From a, from a physical perspective, I wasn't tired because I didn't push on the bike. And I got off that, mm. that bike and absolutely smoked the run. That I ran a mm. marathon PB that day. like, And it's not just an Ironman mm. marathon mm. P, it's It's a marathon PB. Yes. And I yeah. learned the lesson that day is that if you back off on the bike, you've got a much better oh. chance of running well as opposed to being on the limit the whole time on the bike. And, and that, yeah. for me, that was a, a massive lesson. In tough conditions, I could still run like that. And that, uh, I think, yeah. is uh, you only learn that when you learn it.
1: Well, that's exactly it, hey. I mean, you won't know till you, till you're in the race conditions and, and faced with those challenges. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, Desi, it's been great sharing your your journey. What's next? When when are we going back to Kona? Are we waiting till we turn fifty and age grouping up, or, <laughs> or what's the plan?
1: Yeah, I think so. So, um, you know, at the after party um, at Ironman, some guy was introducing me to his fiance and he said, you know, this lady in her heyday, she was quite good. <laughs> and I said, you know, I was like, my heyday was October. <laughs> so I do feel that it's it's time for a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm training for 70.3 in Durban. I'd like to have a great race. Let's see how things pan out. Um, and then we'll see, you know, a lot of it is also financial and, um, Let's see what what happens there. But I would like to go to Kona one more time. And I think when I'm 50 is ideal.
0: Well, Dizzy, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. Look forward to chatting a little bit about your your swim, your bike, your run, and and nutrition. But we'll save that for another day. Thanks for your time today.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Thanks, Brad.
0: I loved uh, that story. Fantastic. Dizzy, thank you for your time once again. Much appreciated. And uh, thank you for listening to The Kona Edge. Your time is just as much appreciated. Been getting some great messages uh, across the various social media platforms, uh, just from people reaching out and telling me how much they are enjoying the podcast. And uh, if you'd like to to reach out, if you've got any questions or comments, suggestions, you can pop me an email. It comes straight to my inbox. The email is brad at com. Uh, and uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing from you. I love hearing from triathletes from around the planet. So Uh, Until next time, thank you so much for listening. We're back again tomorrow. Cheers.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Kona Edge. Don't forget to connect with us on social media. Simply search for the Kona Edge.